Hope everybody's enjoyed the new year so far. Um, statistically speaking, several of you have already given up on your resolutions by now. But hey, life is short and uh, good food is bad for you. Can I get an amen? You know? No, I'm just being serious. Anyway, it is true that the new year tends to make us all take a step back and evaluate where we are now in comparison to where we actually want to be. Or from a biblical worldview, we might look at the difference between who we are now versus who God actually wants us to be, and that's fine for individuals. But let me ask a question this morning. What about on a church level? Does God have a unique plan for each and every local church, or as he simply called all churches everywhere, to fulfill the Great Commission? The shorter answer is both. Considering the fact that this church has its own specific vision and discipleship strategy, we obviously believe that God wants to use us in a special way. But if you look at it a little more closely, you'll find that it's all centered on the Great Commission, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey the commands of Jesus. So in summary, every church is called to fulfill the Great Commission. But the way in which God uses us to go about doing that is different. And that leads us to the question of the title of this series, What's Next for Go Church? It's a new year, but you also have a new pastor. So it's only fitting to ask. <laughs> There's a lot of new going on. Who are we now? And where are we headed? On a lighter note, maybe some of you are about done with all these special services and you're ready to get back to preaching through a book of the Bible. When are we going to start doing that again? And I feel you. I, am, I, am, I get that. But I'm asking you to just hang on with me for one more Sunday, and then we'll jump into a new series on 1 Corinthians. And after that, I've been praying about maybe diving into the book of Genesis, so that's going to be interesting. But the reality is that today we have some things to think about, because whether it be preaching or how we do services or how we function as a church, we, we just sent out the guy who God used to, to start this thing from scratch. And so we need a fresh reminder of who we are and where we are headed. Now, this is the point at which most new lead pastors would begin describing a brand new vision for the church. But as I said in my sermon in September, that's the last thing that I'm going to do. If you weren't with us, or you, maybe you need a reminder, on September 24th, I preached a sermon about discerning the will of God. And in that sermon, one of the things I made clear is that I, I don't believe in any way that God wants me to change um, the vision that he's given our church. We don't need a new word or a new idea about who we're supposed to be. What we need is to take the next step in applying the vision that God has already given us. So with that, let's begin this morning by remembering what our vision is as a church. So here it is in one sentence. In order to become a church known for loving God, loving each other, and loving everyone, we make every effort to empower worship, to promote opportunities for sharing, and to facilitate learning from the Bible so that our people are catalyzed to be a blessing and propelled outward into a life of missionarying with Jesus. Now, for those of you who are more visual, let's take a look at the vision graphic for a moment. All right, so in the center there, you have our why, because of love. That's the reason we do everything we do. The biblical definition of love is the reason we have a, a vision in the first place. And then you see the triangle outside of that is connecting community with Christ. Okay, that's our how. That's how we love as a church. And then on the outside of that, you're going to see a circle and five arrows. That is our what. 
That is what we do to connect community with Christ. And when all of that is happening, we're loving God at the top. Oh, well, we can't quite see it, but loving each other down there at the bottom right (laughs) and loving everyone at the bottom left on the outside of the circle. We love God by worshiping. We love others, or I'm sorry, we love each other by sharing and learning, and we love everyone by blessing and missioneering. Now, I wanted to explain all that from way up high, 10,000-foot views, so that we would all be reminded of what this church exists to do. But I also believe we need to do more than simply remember our vision this morning. For the past several months, I've been praying and seeking God about what's next for Go Church, and I've come to this simple truth. All things considered, we're doing pretty well in the areas of worshiping, sharing, and learning. But when it comes to the areas of blessing and missioneering, there's work to be done. That's not to say that we're doing nothing to bless others or share the gospel or we're doing a bad job. But that is to say that we still have a long ways to go. Here's another way to look at it. We're doing pretty good at loving God at loving, and at loving each other. But when it comes to loving everyone, we have room to grow. And when I say we, I do mean we. I don't want anyone to be under some kind of illusion that because I'm a pastor, I just share the gospel supernaturally to everybody I see or bless everyone I know all the time. Um, No, I mean, uh, over the course of my life, I've had the the privilege of sharing the gospel uh, with many people. I have had the privilege of blessing many people. Um, I've even seen some of the people that I've I've witnessed to come to Christ. But if I were to take an evaluation of my own life personally this morning, using our church's vision, I would arrive at the same results. So church, we could all stand to grow in the areas of blessing and missioneering. And frankly, that stings a little bit. But if we ever hope to become better at blessing and missioneering, then we have to be honest with ourselves about where we are right now. Only then can we aspire to grow together into a church that is not just known for loving God, Not just known for loving each other, but known for loving everyone. And in case anyone is confused, I am not talking about the fake kind of love that this world understands as tolerating sin and evil. I am talking about the kind of love that means helping somebody in need. I am talking about the kind of love that means not being able to hold back the truth of the gospel from somebody who is headed for an eternity separated from God. That said, I don't want the sermon today to become a burden on any of you this morning. The yoke of Christ is easy. His burden is light. All believers are being sanctified to become more like Christ every day. But last time I checked, none of us are there yet. And we aspire to be more like Jesus, not out of guilt, but out of grace, out of joy, out of conviction and the freedom to do so. So I'm inviting you to see this as an opportunity to grow with me in these two areas of our vision as a church. I'm going to have to take a drink of water. Ooh, it's dry. Mm. i got to keep drinking. I might make kidney stones. I've only made one, but I guess I don't have any problem sharing that with everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm kind of proud of it, actually. It's painful. <laughs> anyway, I'm inviting you to see this as an opportunity to grow. That said, we can't cover both areas in one Sunday. So today we are going to take a a look at Next Level Blessing, and then the next week we will conclude with Next Level Missioneering. Now, the thing about the word blessing is that it's actually kind of difficult to define. 
It's just one of those words that it's just kind of taken on a bunch of different meanings. I mean, um, even in the Bible, we see the word bless all over it, and it, it means different things in different places. At least it seems to mean different things in different places. For example, uh, in Job 42.12, the Bible says that God blessed Job by giving him a great family, good health, and when you read it, more or less, lots of wealth. But in Psalm 103.1, David cried out, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So is blessing about being given good things in life, or is it this question, is it this idea of praising and worshiping God? And there are many other examples like that. So the question is, how do we make sense of it all? Well, I would start with the understanding that every time the word bless is used in the Bible, there's one common denominator. Blessing is something that must originally be given by God. One cannot bless another person or even bless God, like David did in Psalm 103, um, without first being blessed by God. He's the originator. He's the sustainer. He's the giver of good things. And with that understanding, we can also observe the fact that while the word bless does refer to a wide variety of positives, including spiritual, physical, and emotional needs, it's always about giving or being given uh, something that is good. However, it goes a little deeper than that because the definition of good is going to change depending on who you talk to. In fact, the only person who really has the right to define what is good is God himself. And that's why I'm going to share my dad's definition of what it means to be blessed because I really think it strikes this truth of goodness so well. So here it is. To be blessed is to be given everything you would want if you actually knew what you wanted. You see, as human beings, we oftentimes don't really know what we actually want, even when we think we do. But God does, because God knows what is good. So in a nutshell, that's really what the word blessing means. That said, an accurate working definition of what a word means, uh, it, it doesn't mean very much if we don't believe it applies to us. So the next question is, what gives us the idea that God wants us to be a blessing as his church? In short, scripture does. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Then, after a couple thousand years, give or take, uh, Paul wrote these words in Galatians 3, 7 through 9, to both Jewish and Gentile believers. You know then that those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons. Now the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaim the gospel ahead of time to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed through you. Consequently, those who have faith are blessed with Abraham who had faith. So it couldn't be any clearer from Scripture. Abraham's call to be a blessing to the whole world in Genesis 3, uh, Genesis 12, 3 or 12, 12, in Genesis 12, is also our call to be a blessing to the whole world in Galatians 3. And while that is a vital and foundational piece of information, we still haven't answered the question of how we can bless everyone at the next level. How do we get from where we are to where we want to be? Well, for that, we're going to need a plan. 
But before I can lay out a plan, we should probably talk about what our goal is in the first place. How can we take what we've been doing in the area of blessing and kick it up a notch? Well, I can tell you one thing we won't do. We won't start trying to measure how much we can bless with some kind of metric because for one thing, there's no biblical requirement, and for another, quantifying things that God has not quantified in Scripture is almost always a really bad idea. <laughs> so maybe instead we should think about the end result and what it really means to become a church that is known for blessing others. Dream with me for a second. What if we could become even more like the church that we read about in Acts 2? What if we really did become known by believers and unbelievers alike as a beacon of hope, as a shining light in the city of Ridgefield and beyond? What if our church became so well known for blessing that the community started reaching out to us first when the needs became apparent? What if the needs of this community came to us before we even asked? Now, is this slightly impossible? Yeah. Will there be a likelihood of failures and learning curves along the way? Almost certainly. But you know what that tells me? That tells me that this is exactly what we need to shoot for. Because at this church, we aren't in the business of setting out to do what we can do in our own strength. We're in the business of setting out to do what only God can do in His strength. So that's going to be our goal for 2024, for Next Level Blessing. To become so well known for blessing in Ridgefield and the surrounding regions that the community starts to reach out to us first when needs become apparent. Now... Now that we've established what we're after, we need to talk about how to get there. You may not have known that there is a tool in place for every single area of our vision. We empower worship through the tool of the worship service. We provide opportunities for sharing and fellowship through the tool of Go Groups. We facilitate learning from the Bible, also known as discipleship, uh, through the tool of discipleship groups such as our college, youth, men's, and women's groups, and through the preaching of the Word on Sunday morning. But when it comes to, to catalyzing our people to be a blessing, we currently only have one tool, which is to engage in community service projects. These past couple of years, that has primarily been done through Go Groups. And while our Go Groups have done a phenomenal job, I believe we can do more as a church. So here's what we're going to do. We will pursue next-level blessing by adding the tools of public prayer and plant partnering and by giving our current tool of community service projects an upgrade. Now, before we dive into each one of those tools, I'd like to clarify three things. First of all, this church can equip you with opportunities to be a blessing to others, but if you don't show up and participate, you won't be able to do this because you are the church. Second of all, we're going to take this slowly there's more to being a church than programming ministries. In fact, I believe that if we program too many things, we'll start losing in other areas of what it means to be a church. So just know that I'm not going to be going crazy on the calendar because I would keep you from being a blessing as an individual to your own family, workplace, neighborhoods. And third of all, in conjunction with that point, I will be explaining how each one of these tools to bless others as a church can also be applied on a personal level as well. That said, the first tool we will add to bless others at the next level in 2024 is public prayer. Now, when it comes to prayer and, and blessing, there's an, undi uh, there's an undeniable relationship between the two in the Bible. 
When Pastor Bill preached last Sunday, what he quoted from Numbers chapter 6 at the end of the service over the entire congregation was absolutely perfect. It was a perfect example of that relationship between prayer and blessing. Let's go ahead and read what he quoted to us in full in Numbers 6, 22 through 27. Again, that's Numbers 6, 22 through 27. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. You should say to them, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you. May he be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. In this way, they will pronounce my name over the Israelites, and I will bless them. Folks, if this isn't a, this isn't a prayer, this pronouncement, if it isn't a prayer, then, then I don't know what is. God loves to bless through our prayers. It's really quite amazing. God asks us to come, on, to come to him on others' behalf, and then when we do, he promises to respond. Listen to this from 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. First of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all goodness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God, our Savior. He wants everyone to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Here's the basic formula I see at work in that passage. When we pray on behalf of others with petitions, intercessions, and thanksgivings, God blesses both them and us. And that is why one of our new tools to bless at the next level as a church will be to engage in public prayer. Now, when I say public prayer, I am talking about going out into the community as a church to pray on behalf of our schools on behalf of our city and our neighborhoods in a way that can be observed by the world around us. Let me give you a specific example of what I mean. If you have a bulletin, go ahead and flip it over to the last page and find where it says Winter Prayer Walk. On Saturday, January 20th, we are going to engage in a prayer walk as a church around the school we meet in. I am personally inviting you to come along, and if you have kids, this is a perfect opportunity to teach them how to pray, which is frankly, a whole lot more important than a lot of other things you could teach them. Also, you never know what could happen. Maybe you'll run into someone who asks you what you're doing or how you're doing, and it would be a perfect segue into sharing the love of Jesus in a simple conversation. No matter what happens, this will be an important opportunity for us to engage in blessing our community at the next level, and I hope you'll be able to make it out when the time comes. The plan currently is to do these walks on a quarterly basis, and then after we've done a few of them, we can go from there. But the other thing that I will mention is that this is easily something you can do in your own time, especially if you already go on routine walks or jogs in your neighborhood. You could turn it into a prayer and use it as an opportunity to intercede on behalf of your neighbors. Or if you're not a diehard runner, and I've seen a few in Ridgefield, man, they're out every single day, doesn't matter what. If you're not that way, like me, um, you can also drive. Drive around and pray. <laughs> but uh, I will warn you that if you struggle with road rage, that probably won't work very well. Yeah, road rage and prayer. Mm. But in all seriousness, we're all called to be agents of God's blessing, and prayer is undoubtedly an essential part of doing that. In addition to providing opportunities for public prayer, we will also pursue next-level blessing at Go Church by adding the tool of plant partnering. I'm sorry to those of you who are gardeners and I missed today, but I'm not talking about what you can grow with sunlight, soil, and water. I'm talking about church plants. More specifically, the church plants that have already come out of us and will continue to come out of us. 
Now, what does that have to do with our church being a blessing? Well, simply put, the more we support and partner with other Go churches, the more we multiply our impact to bless not only Ridgefield, but the regions around us. Interestingly, the New Testament is full of examples of church partnering, but we'll just look at one. When Paul was writing his first letter to the church at Corinth, he wrote these words. Now about the collection for the saints, do the same as I instructed the Galatian churches on the first day of the week, each of you is to set something aside and save in keeping with how he is prospering so that no collections will be needed to be made when I come. When I arrive, I will send with letters those you recommend to carry your gift to Jerusalem. What Paul was talking about was collecting financial support for the church in Jerusalem which we know the time was struggling heavily from persecution. Apparently, Galatia was also in on the deal. But what this and other biblical examples tell us is that these early local churches were not only concerned with themselves, but with other churches as well. They believed that they had a shared impact, and they acted on it. And here at Go Church, we have and will continue to do the same. Which leads us to the question, what kind of partnering are we talking about? Well, you should know from our annual business meeting that we are currently already supporting our other Go Church plants financially and through prayer, but I think we can do better. Currently, there's Go Iglesia in Woodland, there's Go PDX in downtown Portland, and there's Go East County in the East Portland metro area. That's three different churches that share our DNA and beliefs that are already set up to bless the communities around them, so it only makes sense and we multiply our impact by simply supporting those churches to bless their communities in the best way possible. So what can we do? Well, one simple thing we can do in the upcoming future is to help Go East County with outreach in their preview parties. Now, so a lot of you are like, what, what is a preview party? What do you mean by that? Well, let me do explain. This particular church we are in right now had three preview parties before its official launch. A preview party is something that a church plant core team does in the community to begin gaining a congregation for its first Sunday, otherwise known as a launch. For this church, there was two in Lava Java, and there was one in Ridgefield Papa Pete's. Those events are what allowed us to have a successful launch on our very first Sunday because people already knew who we were, and in a sense, there was already a congregation before there was even a church. Now, here's my point in sharing all that. Before long, the core team of Go East County is going to do their own outreach. And later, they're going to have their own preview parties. And when that time comes, our church will have an amazing new way to bless our surrounding region by pitching in and helping out when and where we can. Maybe that means helping Go East County put out door hangers or showing up to some events to assist them with logistics or details that might otherwise bog them down, whatever it may be. Partnering with both our current and future church plants is an easy way for our church to do better at blessing. That said, partnership doesn't just multiply a church's capacity to bless. It also multiplies an individual's capacity to bless. Sometimes in the church, we get this lone ranger mentality as if every Christian for himself against the world. But that's really not the way it has to be. You don't have to go and be a blessing all by yourself. So here's my challenge to you. The next time that you decide to help someone out or do something nice for another person, try bringing a friend along. When you involve another person, it opens the door to discipleship and evangelism because if you bring an unbelieving friend along with you, you get to show them Jesus. And if you, believe, if you bring a believing friend along with you, you get to show them what it means to bless others. So it's a win-win. 
Honestly, it's just like on the church level. If you keep it all to yourself, you'll miss out on the impact you could have had otherwise. By the way, parents, this works with your kids. I still remember the times that my dad would take us to deliver Krispy Kreme donuts around at different houses in our neighborhood. Or later, when he took us to come along to serve the poor in Nicaragua. Those were formative times, and I don't know where I'd be today if I hadn't been invited to come along. So no matter who you are or where you are, I encourage you to think about who it is in your life that you could also bring along when you involve, when you, when you go and you bless others. And if you're part of this church, then I want to also encourage you to get out and be a blessing with us as we partner with our, churches, our church plants this year. Because when we engage in partnership, we multiply our impact to bless others. So far, I've explained that in order to bless others to the next level as a church in 2024, we will be adding the tools of public prayer and plant partnering. And now we will be jumping into the final portion, which is to give our current tool of community service projects an upgrade. If you're not sure whether or not community service is a biblical way to bless others in the world, then please check out Deuteronomy 24, 19 through 21, or Romans 12, 20 for some good examples. But what I want to do is talk about what I mean by upgrade. If you're a house flipper, a car restorer, or a gamer, you probably understand what I mean by upgrade. Simply put, it is to take something that's already in existence and make it better. Now, for those of you who have been with us for a long time, you might remember that our first couple of years as a church, we, we actually did more in the area of community service. First time preaching with an iPad, and it just went to a blank screen. One second here. We did more. Um, we went out in teams to help serve the homeless at a Christian rehab center in Portland. We set up booths on the 4th of July uh, and on Experience Ridgefield Day in October to help families have fun and invite them to church. We blessed the teachers and faculty of this school, actually, by providing them with materials for their classroom and giving pizza parties. We used to do more. But then something happened in March of 2020. COVID hit. And for a couple years, we were severely limited in what we could do and how we could do it, physically speaking, to bless others in the community. But church, it, it's not 2022 anymore. And it's about time we got back out there. That oppressive pressure to stay home and keep to yourself is gone. And the only person who can keep you from getting out and blessing the community is you. So this year, we're going to pursue more opportunities for community service on a church level in addition to what we already do in Go Groups. In other words, we're leveling up. Currently, I'm working on cooking up a few different ideas that aren't quite finished baking yet, but just know opportunities to bless Ridgefield are just around the corner. That said, community service is not just a tool for the church to bless, but it can be a tool for you as an individual to bless others as well. Personally, I just signed up to be a food donor through the, uh, the green bag program put on by Clark Neighbors Food Project, and that might be a good, good idea, a good place for you to start as well. Um, all you have to do is sign up on their website, clarkfoodprojects.org, it's all one word, um, and you'll receive a green bag in the mail, and then on the second Saturday of even-numbered months, I think, um, you put non-perishable foods in the bag, you put it out on your porch, and somebody comes by to pick that up, and then they basically take it to families in need in, in Clark County. 
And, and I know, obviously, that's, that's not the only way to bless others through community service, but that is one idea that might be helpful to somebody. So that's the plan to bless others at the next level at Go Church in 2024, to add the tools of public prayer and plant partnering, and to give our current tool of community service projects an upgrade. But before I close, I want to leave you with this. I truly believe that this is a wonderful church, and it's already used of God to do his will. Honestly, I can say without hesitation that I, I love this church. I, I, I'm very thankful to be part of it. Very thankful. But the thing is, when churches stop growing, they start dying. And so the choice is ours this morning. We can either settle for who we've been and fall into complacency, or we can step into who God wants us to become and make history. I hope we choose the latter. Once again, today you have a new year and a new pastor. So I preach a different kind of sermon for a different kind of Sunday. Proverbs 29.18 says that without vision, people perish. In some translations, it says that people without vision are unrestrained. But either way, the point is that there comes a time when a church needs to remember what it exists to do in the first place. So that's what I felt like I needed to do today, to talk about vision. That said, I also genuinely hope you heard something this morning that will help you follow Jesus better this week than you did last week. And if you remember nothing else, I hope you remember that God absolutely has called us as his children to be a blessing to the whole world. Next week, we'll be diving into how we can do better at missioneering. And then, after that, we'll go into 1 Corinthians. And before I close in prayer, there's something else I want to address. It is my hope and prayer that skeptics, unbelievers, and those who do not have a relationship with Jesus continue to come in through those doors right there every Sunday morning. And so if you're here and you aren't sure if you believe all this Jesus stuff and you don't really know what I've been talking about, I want you to know two things. Number one, I'm glad you're here. And number two, I want to explain why it is that we want to bless other people in the first place. We want to bless other people because we have been blessed. Those of us who know Jesus have been blessed immensely by him. We've been saved from sin because of what he did on the cross and we're in a relationship with him. And he blesses us every day with his presence, with his goodness. And so that's why we bless. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for that one in here that, that might not know you. Lord, that they would, that this would be a, a starting point for them to seek you more, to come to you, to see what this is all about. There's only so much we can say, and the rest must be experienced. It takes a, a leap of faith to believe in you. But maybe somebody here today is close, and I pray for that one, that as you draw their spirit, that they would come to you. And Lord, for the rest of us, help us with this plan. Um, we, we can do what we can do in our own strength, but then there's what you can do. And I ask that you would bless this plan. I, bl I ask that you would bless us to be a blessing and continue to do that, um, that you would be behind our efforts um, to love everyone, to love everyone in the way that you've called us to love them. And Lord, in all these things, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening to Go Church's weekly sermon podcast. If you enjoyed the sermon, be sure to rate and review us. If you want to learn more about the ministry of Go Church or catch up on previous sermons, check out our website, www.gochurchpnw.com. You can also connect with Go Church on Facebook and Instagram.